This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, you're listening to The Power, Andy Knowles, formerly of the Pro Wrestling Rewind on ESPN Radio, and you are listening to WrestleView right here on Phoenix 92.5. My name is Aaron O'Connor and I am not alone to speak. I am joined by uh, Richard Penaluna of Comic Spots Magazine. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Hi, Dara. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate it. No, anytime, sir. Um, I've wanted to have you on for quite some time. We, uh, the WVI desk and Comic Spots has a long history going back to the very first issue, I believe, of uh, Comic Spots Magazine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, about just over three years ago now we've been uh, working together. Yeah, it's uh, it is. I can't believe those three years flew by. I was in Rome actually when we first talked. <laughs> oh really? So, so it's kind of crazy. I can't believe I in- interrupted your holiday just to talk about a magazine that I hadn't even started yet. I apologize. I apologize about that. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's uh, it's grown since leaps and bounds. Anyway, you know, it it started off kind of um, small and it's just kind of bloomed out to this huge thing now. And you have a full book, which I have to say, sir, I really really enjoyed it. It's um, calling spots the collection volume one. Uh, let's talk about the history of the magazine before we get into the book. What was it? What inspired you to do this? Um, to be honest, a multitude of, of different things. So, I'm, I'm very conscious that um, print media has declined over the past ten years across you know every genre, but obviously including wrestling. And I just wanted to book that trend and try and put together a, a product that you wouldn't find. Um, anywhere else. So my observation was that the way people consume the media has changed, but the, the wrestling magazines and, and magazines in general weren't changing with that. So, I mean, nowadays, if people want to read the results of a show, you're not going to go out and buy a magazine a couple of weeks after the show. You can find that information out 
an hour or two, if not during the event, uh, on Twitter. You know, I mean, I've been keeping an eye on on the progress short a day, and I've known the results within minutes of each match ending. Yeah. DVD reviews again. If you're gonna buy potentially buy a DVD, are you really gonna wait until it's reviewed in in your favorite magazine, or you're gonna just Google it and, and read it on there? So I'm very conscious that the way people consume the media has changed. Um, so I wanted to, to provide an alternate type of, of, of content in print. So I want to have sit-down interviews. I want to have captivating photo shoots about the characters involved in wrestling. I wanted long-form articles. Um, for example, you know, we've just done one recently about the art of professional wrestling commentary where we sat down with commentators from all over the world and asked them as experts, you tell us, what is the art of wrestling commentary? Mm. So quite simply, would you know, the, the desire was I love print media and I don't want it to die. Um, but I was conscious that print media wasn't changing and I felt like I could offer something different. Yeah, well, that, that's definitely one of the major things that attracted me to Calling Spots in, in the early days. And it's something that's kind of, um, I've noticed as it's going, and particularly going through the book, um, you, you have kind of tapped into that different way of doing things. And it also seems to be very focused on the UK indie um, style of thing as well, rather than just being WWE or TNA. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've picked up on that. I mean, I don't get us wrong. WWE's always got to be with bread and butter, you know, for one to appeal to a more mass market. We're going to need a bit of WWE involved in, in pretty much every issue. But the reality is that the, the UK wrestling scene is absolutely fantastic at the minute, you know, and I'm very conscious people often compare um, this current generation to the world of sport days. But in reality, what's happening right now is completely different to any type of professional wrestling that there's ever been anywhere yeah. in the world it's a totally unique style it's a totally unique flavor and it's once you get immersed in it and, and start to get involved in some of the characters and and realize we you are know, what's good in the uk and what what's not it's genuinely absolutely fantastic and, and we're so lucky to to have that you know on our on our shows so close so i'm, I'm always going to make sure that i feature the uk scene heavily in the magazine first and foremost because it's a, it's a british it's a uk based magazine but also because how could i ignore some of the best wrestling in the world and what would be your favorite promotion to go for is it going to be what a lot of people have said which is um i icw or is it like progress or dragon gate uk or what would, what would um, be your favourite? Yeah, so I, I've got no kind of bones about having a favourite. I, I guess that's, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to be impartial as a, as a quote-unquote journalist, but the, the reality is... Everyone, um, everyone has something they like, you know? <laughs> everyone has something they like, and, and I'm a fan, first and foremost. That, that's why I, I do what I do. So um, pro, my personal my personal favourite flavours is Progress Wrestling. I, I actually like the way they do things from the way the, the brand, their merchandise, to just how stellar each of their shows are. It's right. unfortunate that uh, my, my favourite promotion in the UK is pretty much the furthest away from Newcastle-upon-Tyne is uh, possible, but, you know, with our on-demand service and we try and get down there for as many trips as, as possible, you know. So, yeah, progress, absolutely. But to be honest, they're, they're one of many. You've, ICW are doing absolutely fantastic things, things that you would never think a, a British wrestling promotion could do, you know, from their two BBC documentaries to the fact that they've got a computer game in the works. It's You, you would not expect that from a British wrestling promotion. And it just shows, that, you know, how far these the, the big companies have pushed the scene overall over the last few years. And how do you feel wrestling has um, weathered the storm of, you know, uh, MMA and, uh, you know, look at raw ratings. They're dropping through the floor and interest in the product in general is is declining. Do you think wrestling as a whole is suffering or do you think it's just WWE taking that hit? 
I think it's just WWE taking a hit. I mean, history shows that you know with professional wrestling, there's there's always going to be ups and downs. You know, in terms of of how many people are, are invested in the product, watching the product, paying money to see the product. Yes. Um, from my point of view, I, you know, I'm very conscious that that next generation of, of wrestling fans is, is just around the corner, and I think WWE tapped into that, that very well. You know, and I, I'm conscious that. You know, wrestlers at The Rock often talk about, you know, some of the younger wrestlers don't understand the business element of the business. So when somebody like The Rock's really, really hot and wrestling in general's on the up that, you know, the, the lower card guys in WWE can make some money off that because wrestling in general is uh, making more money. And I think the same logic applies for y- your smaller wrestling companies, you know. Um, the more WWE, the more eyes are on WWE, the more families are going to then see a wrestling poster on the high street and go, "That's wrestling." That you know, I, I watched that on telly. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go and watch it and then spend money with the smaller companies. So, you know, WWE, yeah, it may have declined a little bit, but it, it, it's it's up and down. You know, I, I feel from a in ring standpoint, it's as good as it's been for many years, so it doesn't match up there. Um, but in regards to the making the correlation there between the rise of, of MMA, I'm not actually convinced that MMA necessarily plays a major part. And I might be completely off the mark by saying that. But to me, the compar- the comparisons are you know, quite quite slim. I mean, for me, I look at, at UFC and MMA as a sport and I look at that as you know, a competition to, to, to boxing and to other, you know, Athletics and like oh, judo yeah. and karate and, and that, you know other combat sports. Mm. Whereas, other than the fact that it's on Sky Sports here in the UK, I, I don't watch wrestling as a sport. I don't, I you know, I don't watch it the same way I watch a game of football. And there's nothing wrong with that. I watch it in the same way I watch uh, like a film, a movie. Um, and to me, that's that's the more direct comparison: a movie or. Um, something that you've got to see at the theatre or, you know, going to see dance. To me, that's more the, the lines of comparison. And I agree with Vincent Mann that, you know, UFC and pro wrestling, the two aren't massively linked, in my opinion. I agree 100%. 100%. It's just I had to ask a question because um, for some reason people still bring up the comparison between the two and you're like, you can't do that, man. They're not the same thing. No, I agree. It's always confused me. And oh, Fighting FSM is is the the king of wrestling magazines here in the UK. Yeah, and it has been for for some time. You know when it eventually took over Power Power Slams. Yeah, crowd. But for years, it was you know quite heavily marketed as being a wrestling magazine and a mixed martial arts magazine. And now it's it's just branded as being the professional wrestling magazine. Yeah. But you still get UFC results in there. You still get, you know, some bits and bobs on the UFC. So there is still that link there. I just, I personally don't see it. I, you know, I've got no interest in UFC other than I'm, I appreciate CM Punk's going to have a fight and I'll, I'll have an investing interest in that, being that I am a CM Punk fan. Same with when Brock Lesnar went. I had an interest in Brock Lesnar, not Same. UFC. Yeah. No, for me in particular as well, I I have a flirting interest with UFC as in I wouldn't consider myself a regular fan. I watch every now and then, but it to me for me I prefer wrestling because, you know, I like my sport fake. So, yeah. you know, I don't watch any sport except for well, the UFC on the odd occasion or wrestling. That's it. You know, I I'm not a sport guy. Um it's just not my thing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's an interesting comparison that people make. It's often overshadowed and I think misses the point of wrestling, you know. Um, but anyway, so other than than that kind of early days, what has been some of the challenges you faced 
setting up a print magazine other than you know the media pretty much on its way out like um the the, cha- the challenges because it started off as is just a hobby uh, the challenges at first i didn't let phase me so at first the challenges were things like printing costs and learning how i would physically get something printed things like you know as, as simple and basic things as that mm. as as times went on though that the challenges have changed and the challenges now are more around like sort of growth so you know finding new innovative ways to to get the word out there of, of, of what the magazine's about and what we do i'm very conscious that it's a time when people don't necessarily have a, a lot of money and, and i was very conscious of that in, in the early days of calling spots that there's so much there's there's bad content but there's so much good content available in 2015 on the internet from written articles to audio shows like this to youtube content there's just so much really great creative stuff out there that to stand out you've you've got to do something a bit special yeah so to then ask people to not only look at you and think that you stand out but then also pay a premium of 199 to have you know to to be able to read your work and see the artwork and the photography and all that kind of stuff that's the that's the biggest challenge finding ways to to show people what we do so that they can then see what it's about and then make a, a decision on whether they want to invest money or not that's that's the challenges on top of your usual day-to-day things i mean you know, we've had challenges in, in, in terms of people on the team in the past i'm very conscious that we're, we're an upstart project so the team's evolved somewhat over the years you know mm. um but I mean, I, I even had a guy who was with us in the the early days. Really great guy. He was probably the the, the second person that actually joined the Corn Spots team in its in embryonic days. But we had a, a little bit of a, um, a a bit of confusion over a piece of artwork that wasn't featured right. for one reason or another. And you know that led to the point that because the person was so emotionally invested in um, the project, having been involved since day one, that it got quite heated to the point where the, the, the fella wanted to uh, have a fight with me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it, it was a misunderstanding, absolutely, you know, but right. But at the same time, that things like that, because of, you know, what we do is all about enjoying wrestling and we're writing the magazine for people who want to enjoy wrestling, that when things that like that happen, it's a bit, you know, it just throws you a little bit. Mm. But at the same time, I can, I can appreciate that the only reason that happened was because the guy was so passionate and thought that his piece of work wasn't being being used, you know. Gotcha, so yeah. I, I can understand it, but uh, it was, you know, in terms of challenges, that was certainly up there. Hello? Yeah, yeah I'm still here. <laughs> oh, sorry. You just kind of dropped on me there. Um, it's... That's unbelievable. That's kind of thrown me as well to think about it because I've I've had debates with people before about wrestling and it's never come to fist fights. But <laughs> well, well, look, well, luckily this one didn't, but it, it almost did, which was a, a little bit of a surprise. But I, I don't know. I, I think wrestling has that tendency sometimes to, to make people genuinely uh, really emotional. You know, I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. That's true. It's it's the allure of the of the product, isn't it? Of the business where you know we get worked to the point where we think it's real and forget it's yeah. forget what it actually is and you know I, I've been guilty of that particularly when John Cena defeated Kevin Owens I was just like oh no 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 <laughs> but see yeah. I, I, I agree with that because I, I think that's when 
when you are that emotionally invested, that's when wrestling's at its best. But you're right, sometimes it pushes the wrong buttons. Yeah. And you end up, you, you go to bed that night, having stayed up till, till 4am to watch SummerSlam or whatever it may have been. And you go to bed angry, thinking, well, why, why am I putting myself through this? I'm up I'm up in three hours for work. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I'm just angry now. Yeah. But when it's good, it's unbelievable. That's the thing about wrestling, you know, uh, when it's good there's nothing better than professional wrestling but when it's bad it's the drizzling you know what you know it's oh absolutely absolutely when it's bad something just sat there and you you know you think if anybody was watching me watch this now <laughs> i'd be embarrassed to yeah. think yeah exactly it's is 92.5 Phoenix FM Community Radio for Dublin 15 Hey everybody it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Darrow and uh, what do you think about the business in general uh, from the let's say from 2006 because I, yeah. I took a break from from watching wrestling um, until about 2005 2006 from 2002 and um, when I came back, it just feels like we've been on this this train that sometimes gets you know gets you going really really well, and then other times you're like, well, that was a whole lot of nothing. What do you think about it? I, I honestly believe that the worms turned over the last couple of years. I think for, for two key reasons, I guess. So reason number one, and I don't know how linked these two reasons are. Potentially very sure. So. Reason number one is that WWE have, have genuinely put an emphasis on trying to create new stars, and they've done that. They've done that with Seth Rollins. Um, they, whether we, you know, people like it or not, they'll do it with Roman Reigns. And then you've got everybody coming up through through NXT. So you, you know, my hometown boy Adrian Neville. You've got you know Cesaro. You've got Kevin Owens. There's so many great non WWE talents that will help complement the WWE guys that they want. So you Roman Reigns, you know, Roman Reigns could have big matches for year after year with established, very, very, very good wrestlers, um, which would make his career run excellent. I mean, I mean, look how good his match was at, at WrestleMania, you know, despite how much pressure he was under. Um, I, I thought he pulled out the bag and had a, an absolutely stellar match with, with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Mm. So for me, that's reason number one. Why I believe it's on an upturn in okay. terms of quality. Okay. But reason number two is what I alluded to before about the ease in which you can view wrestling now. So, right. you, you know, to in order to be a, in order to you know categorically say whether or not WWE is the best or not, you need to have, you need to sample wrestling from all over the world. You need to watch what we're doing over here in the UK. You need to watch what's happening in Japan. You need to see what's happening in Mexico, and you need to see what else is in. You know, the rest of the states and, and Canada. If you watch all of that, then you're in a position to say what you like and don't like. Whereas if you just watch WWE, then it's, it's not as easy as that. You can, I mean, imagine a life where you only listen to one band all of the time. Exactly. You, you yeah. couldn't class yourself as a music connoisseur, you know? 
Yeah, you need to kind of have a sample, a taste of everything, you know. And that's interesting because myself, um, recently I've actually moved away from the WWE a lot more. And I've, you know, obviously TNA wrestling would be my my major brand because I just, I cover it and I've been invested in it basically since the beginning. But I've moved away now um, from WWE and sampling different things like um, Lucha Underground, Global Force Wrestling and TNA, obviously, and um, Japanese stuff, you know, and I think it really expands your mind, like a lot of different things. So what what would be things that you would watch in a week, say? Because we only have, you know, so many hours to watch guys pretend to hate each other. Oh, I know, I know, I know. If it, if in in a perfect world, I would like to watch every week. I'd like to watch Raw, but just two hours of it, ideally. I agree. I'd like I'd like to watch NXT. I'd like to watch Lucha Underground. Right. And I'd like to watch some kind of British wrestling. With British wrestling, there's no weekly episodic TV show that you can watch. So yeah. I'd like to watch, you know, either three hours of, of a Progress show, three hours of a PCW show, three hours of an ICW show, something like that. Um, and then I'd like to watch something from New Japan. In an ideal world, that's what my week would look like. Um but we're spoiled beyond that. I mean, you can just sit and watch the network and, and all day watching, you know, wrestling from the the eighties and nineties. Mm. Um, there's there's so much available that it's hard. It, it genuinely is hard to keep on top of everything that's current. Yes. While still taking in wrestling from the past. It's 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 a challenge that I think we have, you know, and particularly trying to keep up with with all the different storylines and where everybody is as well. You can find yourself overwhelmed sometimes. You know, people definitely. I think. Um, I think nowadays, the only, you know, unless you've got, you know, a ridiculous amount of, of spare time to invest in it, which most people don't. Most people, they, they, you know, they go to work or they go to school or they go to college, and then on top of that, they've got their significant other, yeah. uh, you know, and then they've got their friends and family, and then they've got general life chores that you've just got to do, you know. So these things all take up time, so everyone's got a finite amount of time they can invest in. Uh, in wrestling, and it would be it would be amazing if you could just sit and watch, you know, you know the WWE Network, and, and but it's not possible. So for me, in 2015, because it can't be so overwhelming, it's not like um, sort of 10, 20 years ago, let's say 10 years ago, where you would just watch all of every WWE program. You'd watch Raw, you'd watch SmackDown, you'd watch the C shows. Now I, I'm quite happy to miss some shows yeah. and just keep abreast of the results and the characters online and just just read because you can read a show review in fifteen twenty minutes as opposed to watching three hours That's true. and at least that way you, you're keeping on top of it and then you can be a bit more selective with with what you watch and you can pick out okay well this card looks excellent so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out my way to watch this New Japan card or you know that show in London looks absolutely fantastic so I'm gonna go down and watch that show and not watch everything but keep on top of everything enough that you know what's happening and then you can pick your spots so to speak exactly uh, if someone doesn't call them Sorry, that was a terrible pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like just on that point. You know, it's you, and then again, you can catch up on all these shows. Um, you know, via stuff like Botchmania and you know, funny yeah. kind of things that run over, but also tell you what's happened as well. So there are these yeah, things def- that are, definitely, it, definitely, it's a new way to consume the product rather than sit there and watch it for three hours and go, well, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, on to the next one. There's there's two accounts on Twitter that. I, I, I love these two accounts and I, I 
I'm not going to lie, I, I'm, I'm rubbish. My memory's shocking, so I can't even give them a plug in terms of um, finding them on Twitter. But in terms uh-huh. of what they do, there's one guy who makes just short gifts of Raw to summarise the whole show in about 20 different gifts. Nice. And there's there's a girl who compiles Raw. And she's got this unbelievably cool project where all she does is she compiles stats from Monday Night Raw, and then each week she posts that in one infographic on Twitter. So you can go through and you can look at the history of, of Raw compiled into various stats, who's getting the most airtime, and she's focusing a little bit on Divas Revolution at the minute and showing, okay, well, you're saying you're having a Divas Revolution, but in terms of the numbers, this is actually how much television time they're getting, and et cetera, et cetera. But doing it in a really interesting, you know, creative way. And, and things like that are a good way to consume pro wrestling if you don't have three hours to sit and watch Raw every single Monday. That's fantastic. I, I'm going to uh, do my best to find those because that's something that I really, really want to uh, to look at. Because here's the thing, and that's what I love about Colin Spots. You, you've changed the way wrestling can be consumed. You've made it funny. Um, you've you've brought in article, articles. And the book is great because it even condenses it down further where you break it into different chapters. Um, but before we get into the book, I, I need to ask a question this, because when I was going through the book, I saw that you wrote an article um, about the batch, of, the batch at the Beach thing with Hulk Hogan yeah. and Vince Russo. What are, your, what are your opinions on those two men? Uh, Vince Russo and Hulk Hogan? Yes. Is this my opinion prior to finding out that Hulk Hogan is a massive racist, or now that I know that he's a, a, a massive racist? Well, a full disclosure: any any fan of this show knows that I think Hulk Hogan is one of the worst people that ever existed. So, right, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Go for it. See, I, I'm the kind of person who wears rose-tinted spectacles with anything that I enjoyed during my childhood. So my childhood was very much brought up on how cool the NWO was. Right. So. My Hulk Hogan fandom has um, lived on that memory for the best part of 20 years. Wow. And it, it only took, you know, of all the things, of all the bad press he's had, the thing that was the straw that brought the cameras back was when it turned out that, you know, he said some absolutely inexcusable things. But prior to that, um, he was a very clever man, I would say. He knew... Um, how to position certain situations to shine himself in a certain light. Um, so I, I've got a level of respect for that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm conscious that that doesn't necessarily sound on the face of it. What he, you know, he's allegedly held back people like Bret Hart, etc. Mm. But at the same time, I think it's I, I'm I'm intrigued and interested by by those kind of dynamics in wrestling. It's that right. that element of wrestling that that's. Um, Really, you know, to go and research and to read about and to to hear these stories is the bit that really kind of draws me in and, and floats my boat. So, I don't think I would ever say I'm a massive, massive Hulk Hogan fan. What I would say is I was a massive Hulk Hogan fan during my, my youth. Okay, and then I've been very, very interested in Hulk Hogan and how he had the career that he had through the things that I've read, through reading books like, you know, the the death of WCW and, and things like that. I think that's probably the best way to describe my feelings on, on Hulk. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, like, I, I'm assuming you were a very big WCW fan then growing up. Yeah. Um, pretty much just, but not necessarily out of choice, just uh, when I was younger, once my mom and dad separated, my mom didn't have the sports channels and my dad did. So I spent more time at my mom's, which meant um, more time watching WCW. Yeah, um, I, I physically you. couldn't watch Raw. That was the only reason. Right. 
that's interesting. You know, I, I basically became a WCW fan because I spent a lot of time in America growing up. And I was like, oh, cool. I discovered a product and then ended up watching it over here. Uh, so that's interesting. But yeah. what I will have to say about Hogan is, you know, um, the, the reasons why you, why you were a fan of him with the NWO thing is actually, funny enough, the reasons why I didn't like him growing up, you know, and I never had, like, I, lo- I love the NWO, except for Hogan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, know? okay. But I'm a huge Sting fan, so... Oh, all right, that's okay, it. Like, fair enough, that explains. Exactly, I was just like, Sting is the best thing ever, and then there's this guy coming, so that's that's where that comes from, and then when you grow up and you realise, oh, he held back all these people, and he did all these horrible things, and now he li- he he lies to everybody and then obviously we found out but no thanks for sharing Richard I, I, I appreciate that I think everybody has their own Hulk Hogan experience you know yeah and he's the, because he's so big and because he for so long personified wrestling I think that everybody has strong feelings one way or another nobody <laughs> just sits thinks, on the fence oh Hulk Hogan he's, yeah it's yeah. just Hulk Hogan everybody has an opinion he's like Marmite yeah <laughs> that's love that's, him I hate him yeah exactly exactly um Okay, well, let's get on to the and Vince Russo real, real quick. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never been a Vince Russo guy. Um, you know, I guess there's two ways you can look at Vince Russo. Either he's allegedly the guy that was behind the Attitude Era, or the other hand, it's the guy who had loads of ideas. Ten percent of them are good, and Vince McMahon helped filter out the ninety percent that weren't so good. Right. I'm, I'm firmly in the second camp. You know, I think I he's a bloke that had a lot of ideas and just did not think them through. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, WCW product was significantly different, mm. not in a good way when Vince Russo joined. Um, I've never been a Vince Russo fan, if I'm being honest, he, in terms of his character and, and in terms of um, when he's been involved in a wrestling promotion. Um, how that's ended up or manifested itself. Have you read his books? I've, I've bought his second book and uh, I got a f- I, I, I literally couldn't read it. It was, uh, and I should, I, I, I feel like I should force myself to read it, but it was, I couldn't, I couldn't. It, this is robot. It, just, it felt is... phony, it felt fake. It didn't feel like he was, it felt like he was just in corny mode and yeah. trying trying to work people mode and uh, I, I don't want to read that. that that's no... I have to say though, Ro- is that Rope Opera? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I, when I read that book, I did find myself being worked a little bit. I was like, oh, you know, maybe he's not that bad. And then <laughs> you and then you remember going, hold on a minute, what am I saying? Like, this this is not good. So yeah, I totally know what you mean there. You know, when you finish two, you're like, oh, he's actually not that bad. And then you re- then you realize what you're saying. And you're like, no. He's, yeah. he's done us again. He's done us again. You know, and that's it. Yeah, you have to hand it to him though. He he has never lost that art of being able to BS you. You know. No, that is true, and the fact that he's still somewhat relevant in 2015 it's amazing. is a, a credit to him. You know, it's I mean, amazing. he keeps showing up in IPW down in in London. Um, is it in a kind of uh, in in front of the crowd um, guest booker spot, which is, is somewhat interesting, I think. But mm. you know, he's he's done well for himself, despite everything else. Despite everything else, yeah, <laughs> he's managed to. All right, so let let's talk about the book. Um, and real real quick, the next issue of the magazine is coming out. You said either next week or the week after, or issue seven. Yeah, it'll drop. It'll drop in a fortnight on Wednesday. So right. yeah. Okay. Well, the book is out now, and everyone can go to callingspots.com to to pick up the book, and it's just under te- uh, ten pounds, so it's nine ninety five, uh, which is like eleven euros or something like that. And guys, pick this one up. It is. A lot of it's a lot of fun. I have to I have to admit, but going through it, I really found the way you broke this down was 
It's really, really easy to read. You know, obviously you have a lot of history about the the, the project itself, um, wrestlers in general. You have a whole big section on WrestleMania, um, interviews, and then the Attitude Era. But then there's there's so much here that would be here all day to talk about it. And um, I have to say, what made you pick the layout? Like, why did you why did you have to choose a section on the Attitude Era? Why did you have a section on WCW? Why did you? That's, like that. that's that's really interesting that you've, you've picked that out because to me this was the hardest part of, of making the book genuinely it was the hardest bit so 10 issues in you, you know the magazine I'm quite big on I want the guys who and the girls who contribute to Golden Spots to have complete creative freedom. So w- within reason, uh, you know, I try not to enforce word limits. Right. But but you know, I, t- to a degree, obviously, I, I couldn't have one article fill the whole magazine. But I don't enforce word limits, I, and I tend, other than the cover story, I tend not to um, even suggest what people write about because I want people to write about things that uh, you know, they're passionate about and things that. Uh, engage and interest them because then you're going to get the most creative, the most uh, engaging piece of writing or piece of artwork or photography that you're going to get doing it that way. So after 10 issues, I had, you know, a, a big pile of content with no, there'd be no pre you know, preset direction. I hadn't thought, okay, I'm going to make a book in 10 issues time. So I should probably cover off this and cover off this and cover off this. That'll yeah, give yeah. me a nice you mix. Have, you didn't have a checklist. Exactly, yeah. So I just I had what I had. Um, so you know, literally in the so the corn in the corn spots office on the on the door, I got two huge bits of, of paper, and I just brainstormed. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the name of every single article and write that down on a bit of paper and blue tack it, and then I'm gonna try and put them into sections that that fit. So I sat for weeks trying to couple things and thinking okay well that fits into into a section about british wrestling or that's it fits into a section about interviews or that fits into a section about wwe and and trying to make things fit without having just one long chapter filling half the book and then lots of small chapters yeah so in the end it things did just kind of fall in into place wow you know like I, i had a couple of things that you had new chapters that i wanted to include so there's a chapter about the, the history of the book, um, but more, you know, that chapter is more maybe to try and include some of the anecdotes of things that have happened over the, the, the years, like, you know, the infamous Ric Flair interview that went horribly, horribly wrong, for example, which is why it was never featured in the magazine right. uh, and, and things like that. But in terms of pulling the articles together, eventually, after a few weeks of, of sitting, tearing my hair out with a chair. I mean, if anybody looked in the, in the window of the office, they would have thought I was insane because I was sat with a Sharpie sitting on a seat looking at the door. But they didn't, you know, on the door was this big, big map that I was trying to pull together. Um, but eventually things fell into place. I realised that we had enough articles on, say, WCW. We had plenty enough articles on WrestleMania. So that that's effectively how it happened. There was no predetermined okay eventually we're going to write a book and there's going to be a chapter about wrestlemania right well it's and then in between that as well you have what's become kind of the signature of comic spots which is um cartoons cartoons are all over this book and that's something that i always liked from the very beginning um how did that come about um so i mean the artworks evolved but in in the first in the early days um i was conscious that i have no experience i've got no right to to be the editor of calling spots i've got no experience i've never other than i used to write for various websites as just a contributor just a writer but i've got no 
prior experience. I don't know how to edit. I don't know the laws. Well, I, I didn't three years ago anyway. So everything that I've learned, I've had to learn myself and I've had to do online courses and subscribe to things and just soak in as much information as I can to learn this stuff. So in the early days, quite simply, I knew that there's things that I probably couldn't use because I might get in trouble if I use them. So instead of taking the risk, let's just replace things that I know that I definitely can't use, like photos of WWE wrestlers, and replace them with things that we own and that belong to us. And the way to do that was to create things from scratch. So that's where, in the first instance, the artwork came in. So I had two uh, artists for issue one, right. a gentleman called Nick, who did um, he, uh, like real-life New lifelike artwork and then we had a, a, pen, a fella called Ad who uh, did the cartoon stuff so my idea was if we're going to do cartoons I want to like uh, you know, here in the UK we'll have in the back of newspapers maybe this is an old fashioned thing but you have the funny page where there's a couple of little quirky um, few square cartoons so I wanted to have that but with a wrestling theme so that's where the uh, the Mark Henry sweating scenarios from the early days of calling spots yes. uh, came from. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That's pretty funny. Uh, but actually, that's on the, the uh, one of the first ads that we used to run on this uh, show was all about Mark Henry sweating. Oh, really? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what I have to say is uh, going through the book, other than really good interviews and articles, I really enjoyed. My Probably my favorite thing in the whole thing was uh, the 14 signs that you're obsessed with pro wrestling. <laughs> from issue five brilliant I, yeah, yeah I, that, I mean for, for every serious article that we're right we'll make sure that we're right something that's just fun and lighthearted. so 14 signs that you're obsessed with wrestling definitely sits in that camp yeah and it's something that I you know as you said to differentiate yourself I think again because we get so emotionally invested in guys pretending the fight we forget that it is guys pretending the fight and that we're supposed to have a good time and I think articles like that sum it all up Brilliant. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. No worries. Uh, no worries at all. What What has the reaction been like from wrestlers themselves? Oh, like oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it 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 blows my mind still to this day that there's wrestlers who want to play you know play a part in what we do and want to have a copy of the magazine and then go out the way to then share that. So. You know the most most up to date example of that is is Rockstar Spud. So this is somebody that you can watch on your television yeah. every single week. He's genuinely a, an international star in that sense. You know, and the fact that when we uh, so you know we've got a working relationship with uh, TNA's PR guy here in the UK. So they they've recently made the switch to inviting people down for face to face interviews, which suits us down to the ground because uh, James Musselwhite, my uh, photographer and interviewer, or one of our interviewers, um, is for for my money the best in the world at what he does. He's a wrestler. So James Musselwhite, for, for my money, is the best in the world at what he does. He has a um, project called Portrait of a Wrestler, which is a, a series of wrestling photography portraits. 
that capture the essence of that wrestler's character. And, and genuinely, it's 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 mind blowing how good it is. So uh, James takes photos and sits down to interview uh, wrestlers for the magazine to to continue that series and have a a different um, way of of of, uh, of expanding on the portrait of a wrestler series. So. Recently, we uh, had a sit-down interview with uh, Rockstar Spud for the, the upcoming magazine. So, photo shoot, got a sit-down with, with Spud and talked to him a little bit. And it, it blows my mind afterwards when I, I, I hear back from James after the interview and I ask sort of how it went, how to go. And James is telling me, you know, Spud loved it. He loved the interview. We, we showed him the magazine. He wants to be involved. He said to make sure that when this issue comes out, send him some copies. He'll, he'll share it with all his fans. He'll get as many people, as many eyes on the product as he can. Brilliant. And that, that, that blows my mind that somebody who's on television every single week, a, a genuine star, he could have turned up that interview as with every other interview that he did that day and, you know, you know, he went through it in second gear and, and that'd be that. But he saw the magazine, he really liked that it was something different and he wanted to then help do his little bit. Right, it's gonna be one of those days. Um, okay. So yeah. Um, so you have Rockstar Spud on board, and I think it's important to kind of uh, the TNA guys in my experience have always been some of the best guys to actually work with. So I'm glad to hear that Spud is on board. So is he featured in the next issue? Yes. So he's on the the front cover. So resident cover star artist uh, Paul Cooper has designed a Rockstar Spud themed cover including a fantastic looking suit Brilliant. and then we've got a, a six page cover article with uh, you know the photo shoot and the sit down interview which genuinely you know it's it's for me this this portrait of wrestler series is one of the, the 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 best things that we've been able to feature in the magazine over the last 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 year um and or uh, one of the things i kicked that off was a uh, acclaimed interview that we did with with jimmy havoc i would put this interview with rockstar spud on on that level you know it, it's one of the best things we've ever been able to feature in the magazine spud so forthcoming he talked a lot about um you know how to be, how to be a character in wrestling and how it's about being um it's not necessarily about being a fantastic wrestler but a lot of wrestlers don't get that they just want to be good in the ring yeah they don't realise that it's more about being an attraction and, and that's what sells tickets, that's what draws people in. And, you know, just that level of insight something that, you know, you wouldn't have in the magazine unless you spoke to somebody who's willing to, to go into that level of detail and talk to you about professional wrestling in that, that way. So mm. it's a credit to Spud, but it's, it's a, you know, one of my favourite things that we've been able to feature in the magazine and that's uh, in the next issue. And I have to say, um, when you do pick up the book as well, you get to see all of uh, the portrait wrestlers actually some beautiful shots that are probably some of the best wrestling photography I've seen in a very long time sir awesome thank you so, I'll, I'll pass on the kind words please do please do uh, I, am, I am quite a fan um, okay so for anyone who who hasn't checked out Calling Spots why should they what's the what's the sell point the sell point is it's it's completely different to to anything that you will read either on the internet or in print and in and that's the whole point of it. So wrestling magazines used to be awesome back in the day. And that's because it featured things that you wouldn't get anywhere else. The internet wasn't what it was. So you would get reviews, you would get photos, you would get all this awesome stuff that you won't get anywhere else. Times have changed and that that's not the case now. So 
we to make you know to 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 make sure that we retain our spot as being the 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 most read um printed wrestling magazine that's independently published in the UK we need to do that by being very aware of how good content you can get on the internet and make sure that we only give you the, the best content full stop that you will get anywhere and that's not like anything else so that's from you know the artwork to captivating photography to well-written long-form thought-provoking articles and that's what we strive to do with with every single issue and that's why more and more people are, are reading the magazine as the the issues are released Brilliant, and it's something that you know we're happy to keep uh, promoting here on WVIDS.com. Um, I love the book, sir. It is great. If you guys want to check it out, go over to CollingSpots.com, uh, pick up the book, uh, and get the issues. Get the seventeen issues because it's 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 only uh, going to go higher, I think, in the future. Well, thank you very much, Dara. I really appreciate those kind words. It's uh, you know. It, this started out as a, as a little project where I, I wanted to sell 14 copies of a magazine. So to be sitting here now chatting to you on this podcast, on this radio show, and for you to be giving us those kind words absolutely blows my mind. So so thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate that. You're most welcome. So if people want to get in contact with you directly, how can they do so? Yep. So the, our Twitter account is run by me. So I'm the editor of the magazine. So you can find us on Twitter just at Call and Spots. Or you can find us on the internet at callandspots.com and from there you've got your know, online shop, you've got links to contact us, you've got links to the Facebook, there's even a free issue with the magazine. So Brilliant. if you want to talk to us on Twitter, it's at callandspots. Uh, if you want to check out the magazine, callandspots.com and at the very bottom of the homepage, uh, there's a link to download a digital free, completely free, no catch whatsoever, uh, copy of the magazine to see kind of what we do and what it's all about. Great, great. And uh, Richard, you're more than welcome on the show anytime you want to in the future. So um, I wish you the best and thank you so much. Brilliant. Thank you, Dara. I really appreciate you having us on, mate. It's been great. Okay, guys. We'll be back after this short break here on WBIDS.com and the rest of you and after this. Right, now, moving on to something completely different, but also really interesting. Um, it's got to do with a debate. Is pro wrestling dead? Yeah. Yeah, like, has pro wrestling been removed now from being a sport, or is it transformative now to something else? Okay, so, have you been watching the Super Junior Cup? Uh, not really. Have you watched any of it? I watched the Ricochet-Osprey match. That's the one I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so anyone who doesn't know what the Super Junior Cup is, do you want to run, do you want to run it down? Basically, it's New Japan, like, New Japan do this... World Cup every year, basically, where it's junior heavyweights. It's like it's like the king in a ring for junior. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah, but like they don't just pick guys who are under New Japan contract. No, it's they, all over the world. Yeah. They take pretty much anyone of repute from around the world who's a junior heavyweight. Yeah, and so former winners have been like Black Tiger Two, Wild Pegasus, um, Kanto Kashina, uh, Tawella. Uh, Justin Liger, Tiger Masks, various mm. Tiger Masks. Um, yeah. yeah. Devitt won it as well, actually. Devitt yeah. won it twice. Yeah. Osprey was the winner this year. Osprey won uh, this year, yeah. Yeah. Which, actually, I'm going to be talking and about Ricochet him won in a minute, too. two years ago as well. Now, the reason why I bring it up is because uh, during, it wasn't, the, I think it was the semis or the quarters. Yeah. Uh, Ricochet and Osprey had a match. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a good match, but yeah. people are freaking out saying it was more of a acrobatic display than wrestling. Well, Which, to be fair, to be fair, the, to play fir- it, the first the third of that match is certainly to play devil's advocate. 
the first third of the match, they are they don't even touch each other for a very long time. Yep. They're literally just flipping back and forward. There's like there's like um what you what you could call like lucha style chain wrestling. They don't even touch each other, man. Well, no, there's like well, the, okay, in the bit like in the infamous gift bit. Yeah. There's Hurricane Rana attempts and stuff there. Like I, I'm <laughs> but, sorry, but like that is actually trying to compete. Like yeah, no, and like, like I, the, I, I, I liked it. I don't ma- have a problem with the it. The match people has, do. The match. The main criticism I have about that match is that there isn't enough attempts to pin each other. Yes, that's, that's true. That's you know, very true. like um, I've heard people say that like. Uh, they should have that the Death Valley driver should have been a bigger spot, which yeah, because I, you know you, you never know, see like, a Death Valley driver like the Death Valley driver on the apron. Yeah, but I also I also really like how it flowed very quickly into a reverse Rana. I thought that was a really well executed sequence. Like like I get where they're coming from. I just I think the sequence overall kind of worked. Um, like. <laughs> to say, like to say, pro wrestling is dead is, I mean, it depends. Like in in America, you could certainly make the you could certainly make the argument because attendances are really crappy. No, that's not why they're saying wrestling's dead. They're saying because it's Be- so because of that match was so absolutely ridiculous. Have they watched junior heavyweight matches? Have Absolutely they watched not. Have they watched Lucha for the last twenty years? Of course not. Have they Have they watched junior heavyweight matches for the last twenty years? No, they just they're, like the they're just dumb. They're just dumb. If that's the case, because I'm sorry, so many people. I am on, sorry. On, on, so on different forums and stuff, yeah. I've said this. Like, I'm sorry, but you're not. If you if you if you think this match killed wrestling, you just haven't been watching wrestling for twenty for the last twenty years. Because like, I'm, even if you go back, if you watch like if you watch when. Um, oh, when you watch, watch Davy Richards reign as Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, how many times is there ridiculous false finishes during his time there that make no but, sense and destroy storytelling? But that's been independent. See, the thing about it is, right? Yes, the Ricochet Osprey match was independent. It, it's the it's the natural conclusion of independent wrestling for the past ten years. I would, actually, yeah, since for the, high flying, since yeah, the, sure. no, since two thousand two. The, the the Ring of Honor style, which is spot, 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 going 100 miles an hour, spot, 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 yeah. 100 miles an hour. And then the event goes... the same thing's going on in Japan as well. It's not just Ring yeah, of Honor. Like, to say what, that it's what, just Ring of Honor is ridiculous. No, but it is where you can see the development of it very, very quickly. Well, the Ring of Honor is just trying to be a better version of Dragon Gate and kind of fails on all accounts. Yeah. Like, but even the Dragon Gate as well. It's, it's also, like it's also a bunch of American and Canadian wrestlers trying to do strong style when they don't understand what strong style is. But what I, here's the thing about that in general. When I would watch a Ring of Honor show or when I watched Dragon Gate or even when I was watching Super, the Super, uh, Super Junior Cup, I knew what I was getting into. It's a style of wrestling you're, you know when you, when you punch your ticket, shall we say. You're going to get high flying. You're going to get strong style. You're going yeah. to get loads of different things. But it's the same depending thing, on what you're watching. It's the same thing. Like if, like saying that wrestling's dead after watching that. Like you haven't been watching Lucha Libre. If that's the case, you really Look, haven't. I would like, say I would have said well, wrestling is dead after John Cena. To be fair, if there's anyone who's close to killing wrestling, it's uh, I him. would say Vince McMahon when he bought the territories. To be honest. Oh well, oh, dude. No, come on. Yeah, because no, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. When he bought the territories, dude. He like he did such a number on being able to grow and develop stars. He, the no, fact no, of the matter no, like, is, he, he, people he, couldn't kill cool themselves off. They couldn't killed, go off to other territories. He killed, he killed wrestling at that time. Yeah, like as it was from taking it out of small dingy basements yeah. into what it is today. So yeah, he did. He killed wrestling 
as they knew it, not kill the entire sport as a whole. So when he came out and said in the 90s and said that it was, they openly went, this is yeah. fake. Do you think that didn't have an effect either? Or do you think that that was a massive part of it too? Well, if it didn't result in the hottest period of wrestling period, I would agree with you, but it did. What killed wrestling to really, you know, to pull it away from John Cena, what I would say as far as like the impact was one, the closure of WCW. Yeah. Like once WCW closed, wrestling fans disappeared, and never came back. Yeah. The end of the Attitude Era. Not because it ended, but because of what it came into, where we had a terrible draft. Yeah. And, you know, less... Well, it was also them not making the brand... Like, not allowing the brand split to be a brand split. Well, no, no, no. It, it was a brand split for, like, three or four years. Yeah, but, but SmackDown they, was so the, lame. The fact that they fired happened. their head writer because he was doing too good of a job on SmackDown? Yeah. Like, they fired their head writer because he was doing too good of a job. <laughs> like, Remember how unwatchable Raw was from 2002 until, yeah. like... Yeah. No, and who was on top again? Who was on top again from in Raw from two thousand two? <laughs> two thousand two. It was grand when it was two thousand two, two thousand three. It only got bad once John Cena moved over. So around the time when Batista beat Triple H, basically, <laughs> that's when it all went down. <laughs> that's when it all went down. That's when I couldn't watch that show anymore. You know, and it was horrible because like, I went, I went thi- back to wrestling. But the thing was, like when, like Cena, Cena should never have been like Cena to his credit kind of took the position by the horns and they haven't had the confidence to make anyone else the guy since him. Well, They've had plenty of opportunities. It's because the whole Brock Lesnar Goldberg thing. Yep. If you really wanted to bring... Dip- that was also a huge problem to him. Well, yeah, like because Brock was supposed to be the guy. He yep. was supposed to be the future of pro wrestling. And you know why? He, he still kind of is. Yeah. But he, you know, they will never give him the ball and let him run with it because he might just throw the ball down and go back to UFC, which, spoiler alert, he's kind of done anyway. For one night only. <laughs> we'll see. Where he's going to lose to a guy who has all the ability to knock his head off. I do want to talk about that at a different time yeah. uh, because I want to finish on this. But you're right, man. Like, like to, to, say that, to say that one, th- like one and one thing alone killed wrestling is kind of dumb. But wrestling isn't dead, but... Uh, what I would say f- for people who... See, people are so alarmist nowadays. Yeah. They want to freak out about everything. But if you wanted to define death periods in wrestling, which yeah. we've actually come out of now, and things have gotten slightly better, but for a very long time, I would say, for, as you said, from 2002, the, the drastic drastic yeah. decline in American pro wrestling, it, it is huge. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's... But it's the, some of the worst scary. houses... Ever in the la- in the la- like the, since this since the middle since uh, two thousand two yeah and also until- but when you think about it it went from like wrestling in our lifetime wrestling has gone from being something that you'd watch as a kid yeah. to being a cornerstone of pop culture to being dead <laughs> like yeah. quite literally but what's really interesting about wrestling and it's come back now what, what's interesting about professional wrestling is that in up until about. You could probably say like the 80s, 90s was that wrestling was seen as a man's man type of deal. Mm. And now when you look at the majority of people who enjoy wrestling and the amount of guys who are wrestlers, they're all colossal nerds. Yeah. Like the amount, like the amount of legit heavyweights to wrestle now is so small. But dude, that's like comics. Yeah. You know, the Golden Age was written by people, for a lot of people don't know this because they don't do their research, but the original Marvel writers, 
they were hard drinkers, hard fighters. They'd write comics and then go out and have a bar fight. Yeah. Legit, they were tough guys. And then people who were the kids who read those comics became writers and they're colossal nerds. So that's how it happens. There is that kind of cyclical kind of uh, cause and effect kind of yeah. thing. But um, yeah, man, it's we're coming out of a wrestling death cycle. And I don't think matches like Ricochet and Osprey are going to have that big an effect. The tweet that I think Osprey sent out says it best, where he's saying that we are trying to bring something new to the table. And it is. It's, it's, it's transforming wrestling. Well, it's trying to be art. Like, yeah, it, it really is. But see, the same people that are complaining are, are probably complaining that John Cena is the worst in the world. Yeah. So you can't have it both ways. You know, trying something new is not the same as not trying anything. Yeah. They, they aren't the same thing. You know, and look, if it does have a negative effect, which it didn't because the crowd loved it, they even yeah. got a This Is Awesome chant from the Japanese crowd, which was really weird because yeah. the Japanese don't do that. I hate that chant. So do I, but the Japanese doing that was really weird because... Well, it was they, really respectful to was. the two guys. Well, it show, it, like, it's... But they knew that they were both foreigners. Yeah. And the best way that they, that the day as a Japanese crowd were trying to show respect was mm. by using an American thing, yeah. which is really cool, which is why the Japanese are some of the best people in the world because they will make that effort. Yeah, because uh, they're so, so respectful. So respectful. Something yeah. else we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Because I have a rant coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of WrestleView here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, WrestleView.com, and NerdToKnowMedia.com. <laughs> <laughs>